want to talk about this uh, new tea I got. Welcome, everybody, to a special. <laughs> yes, it's very scary here. Um, a special Welcome episode. to a spooktacular. Oh, show. I should have. I should have thought of a. Uh, like a big schmooze. What's like a pun? I, I'm in here as tomb this week in honor of Halloween. Uh, the same way that uh, on the on the Simpsons, you know, it would be like somebody's name is... Uh, I'm trying to think of an example. You know, like they try to do puns where it's like, if your name is Lori, mm-hmm. now your name is Gory or something like that. Um, right. So you're, you're here as Dr. Trivago, which uh, I don't... Maybe, maybe it's a Halloween thing. I don't know. The, is the Trivago guy... Uh, has he become a serial killer? That'd be perfect. Yeah, he's uh he's into he's still into getting great deals on a room and and bundling flight and uh, rental car type situations. Yeah, but he's also a serial killer, so y- you don't really want his help, but he's you kind of l- do want his help. He's so. luring people into these great, very affordable hotel rooms, yeah. and then once Come they're over in there, to my <laughs> to my yeah. office, I shall book you a good deal. <laughs> Zhivago, um, but a savvy traveler. It's almost yeah. It's like a mixture between Doctor Zhivago and Count Dracula is what where we've landed with this guy um, in honor of Halloween. So uh, you know, I know you got a tea. You said you got some tea you want to talk about. I got a, I got a quick coffee story for you. Um, you maybe oh, hit me. You maybe remember that I occasionally I, I hate when I turn into like Larry David where I'm just like complaining about service industry people because I, I really I don't want to be that guy. Um, but I had this waiter recently. Yeah. And God bless them, but I uh, hope they die. It's <laughs> yeah, yeah. We're moving that direction here. So what what happened this time was I was like, yeah, I could I could use a little pick me up. You know, I'm uh, I'm moving from uh, doing one thing to going to set up the podcast, and I thought I'll just stop and get a, a, a little coffee. And so I go to this place that I go to all the time. It's in Blackstone. You know, it's like a hipster place for sure. Uh, and I order, I say, Hey, can I get, uh, like a, like a, a medium, uh, cappuccino with oat milk? And he says, uh, we only do cappuccinos in the traditional six ounce cup. I'm like, okay, how, how big's the medium cup? 12 ounces. I'm like, okay, can, can you just make two of them and pour them in one cup for me? I'll like, I'll pay for two. I don't really care. Uh, no, no, yeah. sorry. The, the traditional cup is, is six ounces. Like, oh yeah, the traditional to-go cup okay. for the oat milk cappuccino with the little traditional plastic lid. Yeah, sounds very uh, traditional. Disgrazi, <laughs> you ask for a cappuccino with the oat milk, not in the traditional six-ounce cup. Yeah. It's like his, his Italian Sicilian grandfather came back to life inside his body and started screaming at you from the old country Yeah, about well, how you're ruining coffee. The old country with oat milk? I don't think so. <laughs> Every day I wake up to milk those oats. I wake up at the five in the morning to milk those oats to make a delicious cappuccini. And what happened at 11.05, right after we stop serving a cappuccini, you come in here asking for a cappuccini with oat milk? <laughs> yeah. All right, buddy, calm down. Just just give me two of those. Pour them in the same cup, dummy. He wouldn't. Pay you for two of them. He wouldn't do it. that's that's insufferable (laughs) that's like that's literally being like can i get a large fry oh no no we only do um small fries here okay cool can i get two of those no (laughs) right yeah why not it's not the is there like a limit per customer no it's just not traditionally served uh in a larger it's just not our tradition yes what tradition ray ray crocker is ray crocker told us from on high (laughs) you can't do two (laughs) you can't put two in a big bowl (laughs) 
You got to have the small or Listen, the large. This is an ancient tradition going back about two and a half years when we opened this coffee <laughs> shop. And there was only a Cisco cup that was six ounces. And that was all we had. It's like, okay, that's not really a tradition then. You know what I mean? It's not. Yeah. Right. Like what culture are you preserving? Sort of what, what society would be like, thank you, sir. You honor us with uh, keeping it traditional six ounce. Yes. These exactly. pigs, these pigs, they want eight ounce, 12 ounce, yeah. 16 ounce. And I say, get out of here, you pig. Yeah. The, uh, like, the Eritrean farmers who, who discovered coffee beans, they don't care. <laughs> they don't care, man. Yeah. It is old Ottoman Turkish <laughs> tradition. Do not serve coffee in bigger than six ounces. <laughs> it's like, okay. Uh, and are we, we're Ottoman now? Yes. Okay, I didn't think we were because um, in Blackstone, <laughs> in Omaha, Nebraska, there's very few traditions that are worth remembering. <laughs> yeah, well, I mean, tradition. Our, our big tradition here is uh, is just straight capitalism, right? So, in, in that, our God, sure. To to really appease our God, you should just take my money and give me what I'm yeah. overpaying you for. <laughs> think I'm, I'm already paying through the nose for this. I'll pay through the nose twice. That's yeah. the that's the most confusing part. It's just like, please take my money. And they're like, money's no good here. Tradition plays a key role in how we charge our customer. Yeah. I will say this. They're very um I guess they stick to their morals. You know what I mean? They're not they're not selling out. I don't know what they're I know. trying to protect, but I'm, they're not selling out. <laughs> I'm thinking like the the training at this place must be pure hell. They're like all right, listen up. We, <laughs> we we follow the ancient, the ancient. Like I don't even know what the Sumerian word Sumerian tradition. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> it's like I didn't. Was coffee even around? Shut up. Shut up. You're out. <laughs> We're here. talking about the six out. Yeah. Never walk in <laughs> right here away. Again. I knew this guy wasn't a good fit. He was. He yeah. was asking questions right away, and I said, I don't. I want an employee that never asks questions. Yeah, that's the type of business I want to run. It's like uh, the sommelier <laughs> test, but for coffee. You know, like there's different different glasses for different wines that are supposed to bring out the aromas. It's like, all right, so right. The, the cappuccino, which one is going to bring out the taste of the milk and the espresso <laughs> best? Like, oh, the six ounce one, the six ounce mug. That's the one. That's the only one. Tell you, we don't serve anything bigger than a six ounce Irish coffee and a six ounce Irish coffee mug. It's like, okay, cool, that's fine. Can I can I just get two of them, one for each hand? No. Well, the thing is, even if that was <laughs> what if that's what it was, if that's what the like the the standard for all of them was, that'd be one thing. But like, you can get any other drink in any other normal size. Apparently, it's just the cappuccino that could only be in the special six ounce glass. <laughs> And the funniest part is really all they need to do to justify their dumb little rule is be like one per person. Okay. That's it. One per person. And it's like, why? I don't know. It's just the rule. It's tradition. But, but the fact that there's, yeah, exactly. The fact that there's no kind of rule, they're just like vaguely, it's a traditional thing. Tradition of whom or where in the yeah. world. I'm not sure. I don't even know if they're sure, but yeah. they're confident that it is a tradition somewhere in the world Yeah, and that they need to honor it. <laughs> with their dying breath. Is that guy drinking a traditional mocha out of his 20 ounce cup over there? Yeah. <laughs> Is that guy tr drinking his traditional mocha drink named after the port in Yemen <laughs> called Mocha where coffee actually originated and was trafficked from? Is he drinking it in the traditional way where they crush up the beans, not in a grinder, but under the foot of a camel that has been pissed <clears throat> off severely? No. No. You know, and this kind yeah. of thing where it's like, what about these other traditions? You know what I'm saying? We got to, 
we should, yeah. you know what I'd like to see them do? I'd like to see them make coffee in those little sand pots. You know what I'm talking about? Yes. You got like the hot sand and they're trying to, that's traditional. Okay. Six ounces of espresso in a plastic cup that's going to end up in the ocean. There's no tradition in any of that. Yeah. You know, you know what's I'm not sorry. traditional is that, uh, that Spotify playlist you got going on there. <laughs> yeah. I want some oud music. I want to hear a, a mandolin and an oud, and I want to hear some traditional music while I'm drinking this coffee. I want a band in here. I Frankly, I don't think we should have Wi-Fi. That's really not the tradition. You know, traditional American coffee houses uh, used to serve ale as well. I don't see any of that on your shelf. Yeah. In fact, uh, excuse me, sir, did you come in? Did you uh, did you drive here today? Uh, because, I'm sorry, the traditional way to drink coffee is to ride your carriage here or ride a horse perhaps Ooh. or uh you know to to perhaps be uh to just live upstairs that's the tradition uh it's really it's really not to drive if you drive here in a car you're already very far away from the tradition and in fact uh we will not serve you you are not welcome here you are not welcome at all sir because we honor tradition here <laughs> tradition above all else yeah he kind of starts talking so- in uh, old english to me sire <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> It is. <laughs> I heard the wind. You're like, oh, um, I'm sorry. What tradition? Oh, okay. Get the talking, talking to fiddler on the roof over here. Yeah, talking to Tevye yeah. over here. He's talking about his, you know, his uh, his problems with yeah. money. I love. I and love. I do like. Him. I'm over here saying. I'm over here saying. If you want to go to the full traditional route. Let's be like, okay, well, we don't even offer you a cup. You need to bring your own traditional coffee pot called an ibriki. You need to bring your own ibriki if you would like to be served here, because that is a tradition. The tradition is that the matchmaker decides which drink you will have. (laughs) An old woman shall decide your fate as she matches you with the local village girl, and then you get your coffee. Otherwise, no coffee for us. This is a traditional coffee place. We tie you to a mule while an old woman decides your fate and match makes with a random woman that you'll never meet before you wed. <laughs> so turning into a Borat movie. You know, <laughs> it like, is, yeah. You got to do all this random stuff before you get your six ounce cappuccino. Or, yeah. God. It's it's like. It's just It's not yeah. worth it at a certain point. Uh, I was just like, all right, fine. I'll have a normal black coffee in the 12 ounce. I, I literally would have tried to break his brain <laughs> to spend like, but why is there like a specific policy? No policy. It's just tradition. Okay. Yeah. Well, traditionally I'd like two of those fucking things, please. Yeah. One for each hand. It's I've a tradition of mine to drink two coffees at once. Is that, um, <laughs> is that not kosher here? Right. Yeah, 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 <laughs> exactly. Personal tradition. You know, I like to get enough coffee or caffeine in my day in order yeah. to have a successful day. So traditionally I'm going to take two of those fuckers. Look here. Okay. I just got off the phone with god and he said there's a new covenant which says i can get it in a 12 ounce cup if i want it the 11th commandment says i'm now able to fucking have two of these so yeah you know i'm moses be happy i'm not breaking a stone tablet over your head it's weird because i'll bet if you ordered two muffins they'd be like oh yeah no problem i'll I'll go back and get excuse me traditionally you only have half muffin Traditionally, muffins weren't even served with coffee until 1970. Oh, shut up. <laughs> just becomes one of those coffee shops where you're like, ah, oh, shut up, nerd. Just give me my coffee. Yeah, yeah exactly. I don't even care. Fine, I'll go to Starbucks. Those. Fine. Yeah, no, yeah. <laughs> you're pushing me straight into the arms of those bastards at Starbucks. 
I'm telling you, <laughs> if if you keep acting like this, yeah, I don't know what it is. Maybe maybe coffee places are getting uh getting a little getting a little too full of themselves recently. Because I I ordered some coffee. You know, I order coffee online. Yeah. Um, and and they basically said, like, this is two weeks ago. I initially ordered it, and they're like, okay, no problem, should be there. I'm like, okay, cool. You know, I get my tracking number. It's fine. A week goes by, and the tracking number says order not picked up yet. I'm like, okay, great. So I reach out to the company. They're like, oh, that was a problem with the USPS. I'm like, sure. Okay. Well, maybe that's plausible, you know, perhaps. Yeah. But then I was like, all right, so cancel that order then because it's going to take forever and I'll place a new order. The new order, <laughs> the second order of the same thing had the same issue. Mm. And then I was like, oh my goodness. You that's know, a conspiracy. out to them. I complained enough, you know, the... <laughs> the culture of America dictates such that I am to be a Karen in order to receive any freebies of which I did. I did my due Karen diligence. What were your freebies? What complaining? <clears throat> this is outrageous. I've had to wait this long for my coffee. Yeah, you know yeah. how stupid I look in my, in front of my office. My wife my won't coworker. even look at me. My coworker slash wife, because I work from home, <laughs> says that she can't even look at me in the eyes because I can't get coffee for this freaking place. So they, they offered to ship it for free. My so kids don't respect order. me anymore because of you. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> my children, they don't even want to be in the same room as me because of you, blue bottle coffee. My inheritance, it's gone. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I had a rich uncle who was counting on me to serve him this coffee when he visited. Guess what? He's here and gone. I'm not getting. I'm not getting in that will. He's gone. There's no way. I'm out of the will, <laughs> and he died yesterday. So now it's over. It's a done deal. What are you gonna do to make up me. for that inheritance? You guys, cost me a, a fifteen million dollar inheritance. Can I get a free bag of coffee, please? I already <laughs> quit my job because I anticipated he'd die soon, and I knew the money was coming. Now I got no job. You're lucky I don't sue. <laughs> You're like, for what? USPS didn't pick up our stuff. How are we supposed to help you, sir? I lost not only my money, but all that fortune I was supposed to inherit in a casino last night. And it's gone. And I'm, I'm about to get murdered now. So what can I you do you, for me? <laughs> I, I tell you, I bought a luxury Belgian yacht two weeks ago banking on the fact that I was going to get this money and now I'm I'm $190,000 in the red. <laughs> I look stupid because of you blue bottle coffee. <laughs> fix this. So how much coffee are you going to give me to fix this? A lifetime supply, I would hope. <laughs> They're like, "Sir, I don't uh I don't know if we could do any of that. <laughs> you seem to be overestimating your damages here a little bit." <laughs> I need $200,000 worth of coffee. By next immediately, week. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> yeah, for free immediately. <laughs> They're like, "Wow, that's uh, that is a tall order, Chief." <laughs> I need one third of the coffee in the Southern Hemisphere in my room. Um, in you know, it's post haste. I need you to I need you to get all the beans in Burundi. Fill my room like Montezuma from floor to ceiling. I want my room full of beans. <laughs> Just the wealth of an, of a nation piled up in a room that I can grind up and drink. <laughs> it's like, wow, this guy is drunk on power. But I tell you, they really do reward Karen behavior a little too much in this country. And I, I think that's why we're all a little bit too um, too picky about stuff. <laughs> it's because if you're not picky, the company will never give you anything for free. That's so true. It's like, that's true. Eh, I kind of hate having to do this, but we pull out this uh, Karen card. 
slam it down on the counter and say, let me talk to a manager, please. Yeah. <laughs> Works every time. Exactly. It's, it's a goddamn that's, shame. That's our American tradition, much more so than that's the little <laughs> cappuccino cup. You should have asked for the manager after that. You would have been like, oh, you know what? You want to see a tradition? Let me try this. But let me talk to the manager. That would have been hilarious. I invoke the traditional like, oh, ride of Karen. <laughs> I invoke the pass- the rite of passage for Karens. And I demand to thusly speak to your manager in the flesh, <laughs> not on the phone. I could be talking to your friend Bill on the phone. Yeah. Could be just telling yeah. me to F off. I talk to a man in a suit. And a jacket, a tie. <laughs> well, our manager doesn't even. Our, our manager just wears an apron. Is that okay? No, a tie. Tell is him it to a put tra- on a tie? And- is it a traditional apron, or did you buy it online? Yeah. Did you get it from a blacksmith in the 12th century? Is it yeah. traditional? <laughs> did you sew it? Long, long complaint about the a coffee. Fifteen-minute coffee yeah. complaint. <laughs> uh, did you have? Hey, did you had a tea thing though? Do you want to? You want to balance it out a little bit? Oh sure, yeah. I don't know if I can go for fifteen minutes or if anyone's. All right, well, screw it then. We'll just move on. I'm just kidding. <laughs> yeah. No, no. I just was drinking this new tea I got. It's called. Uh, it's called Warm Gentle Elephant. It's this <laughs> black tea, and I was like, "That's a really funny name for it." I love it. I don't know why? It's, it's a nice black tea, but it's um warm and gentle. Yeah, I was like. Warm, warm, gentle, el- warm. Hmm. That's good. But why? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, the assumption is that if it's alive, it's already warm, but that's an interesting detail to include. You it's know? not a cold elephant. So, it's a warm elephant. There's a lot of very funny tea names that I've noticed. There's a, there was one I was drinking the other day called Monkey King Tea. Oh, I'm that's like, a good one. Ooh. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. It's because of a King. tradition, a tradition where apparently the first time they harvested tea from that type of bush, there's a little monkey doing it. Did you ever see? He uh, was the king of the village. Did you ever see that apparently. movie Congo, the uh, Michael Crichton adaptation? <laughs> yeah, yeah, many um, years ago, uh, very late at night. <laughs> so I think I think the story in that movie. Correct me if I'm wrong with what you remember. Was something along the lines of they discover some like uh, lost city in the middle of the Congo, and it's like you know it's so deep in the woods that nobody, basically nobody's gone there in so long uh, that nobody really knows about it at all. But the story was something like the humans had trained this generation of apes to become the uh, like the security guards for the people in this lost city, <laughs> and then all the people monkey security, <laughs> yeah, and all the people had died off, but the monkeys continued to train their offspring to be the next security guards, <laughs> and so it was this like abandoned lost city that was being protected by an, a, a constant stream of new generations of monkeys who saw it as their like sacred oath. They're like the, you know, those, like those Chinese soldiers, those traditional ones, right? Like it's an honor for these, these apes to be the next in line. Like it is your honor to be born into the security guard role. And then these humans just kind of like stumbled in and they're getting murdered by these apes. But that was the big, was that the big reveal? Am I making that up? No, I remember that movie similarly. It was sort of like Planet of the Apes meets SEAL Team 6, something like that. But this idea that the the apes had just like figured out to keep training their kids, I thought it was kind of hilarious. And it was not a funny movie. Like it was not a goofy movie in the sense that like it was trying to make fun of this idea. That was supposed to be scary. <laughs> These apes yes. are 
cold-blooded killers. Yes. Like, really? But it's just an ape. I mean, at the end of the day, it looks like it should be at the zoo, and that doesn't really frighten me unless it's you know biting into my flesh. I'm trying to find a <laughs> clip here because uh, I, I don't really know what to look for. I don't know when in this movie uh, any of this happens, but cause... <laughs> they don't they don't develop language or anything. They're just like trained in the dark arts of assassination and security, well, they, private security. They brought uh, like a, a chimp that can talk, didn't they? Like they brought basically like Coco with them, I think, uh, who's like... I remember a, a translator as well, yeah. <laughs> she, she can... Uh, like she can talk to them. She understands their ape ways and is able to sort of be like, you know, here's here's the deal. Here's what's going on. They're security guards. And then she, she like sign languages to the humans and then they're like, oh, Coco's telling us that that one over there is the leader. Yeah, something that like that. Thing, yeah. All right, I got a clip from Congo I'm going to pull what up. Great. <laughs> they made such weird movies in the 90s. You ever <laughs> see that movie Anaconda? Yeah, it was kind of the, the same heck? idea, but with a big snake. It's the right? same thing, right? It's yeah. like it's just a snake instead of a chimp. It's like... It's I don't know. They made so many of those movies in the '90s. When I see another one, I'm like, oh, oh yeah, sure. One about uh, one about lions in the exact same format. Why not? Sure. All right, let's watch this clip. Let's see what we can le- learn from uh, this clip, this Congo clip. All right. <laughs> so what I can tell you, it's uh, what I remember is the members of this expedition had like their own human security uh, team that had guns. And there's the silver gorillas that are attacking the uh, humans, the security guards. The it's it's really a it's like a, a you know a, a turf war of some sort. You know the, these cops, the, these gorillas are like the cops of this Congo city. You know, and so it's sort of an all-out war against the cops. You could like say shooting. Yeah, yeah, it's sort of a cop war. So for those of you just listening, <laughs> there are there are monkeys being shot at by humans, and one of the humans just got mauled. So I think there's yeah, it's a great great movie. I mean that's what most of this Classic movie action. is. So these are all the yeah the, these these monkeys are just like surrounding everybody, and they're trying to kill them. But you know you you know look they don't know any better. I love that these apes, it's like, we need 16 apes to kill one human here. We're just going to surround him, and we're going to eat him. Oh, we're going to gang kill him. <laughs> there's the good ape. You know, this is basically just that scene from Anchorman, where Baxter comes to save the news team from the bears. That's true, actually. What'd she say? Oh, I forgot about the robot voice. Okay, so never mind. The monkey... <laughs> This is the best part of this movie. Let's be honest. <laughs> the monkey has like a, a human voice translator thing rather than doing sign language. And I remember that being the most comical part of this movie. Yeah. So I think it's supposed to be an action movie. <laughs> the good ape who came with the expedition, who was not one of these trained silver security apes, just ran out to save. I don't know if it's like it's handler or whatever, but it's really just think of Baxter jumping into that exhibit in the zoo uh, in Anchorman to save them from getting eaten by bears, and that's what we have here. So let, let's hear what she said. Ugly gorillas, ugly, go away. <laughs> ugly gorillas, Whoa. ugly, go away. So I see the strategy here. So these cold-blooded ape killers that are security, uh, traditionally for hundreds of years, 
are spooked by somebody calling them ugly. They don't. So that's interesting. They got some vanity, Will. Nobody likes to be called They don't take kindly to, to besmirching their good looks. They got body shamed. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> They're I not mean, a very body positive culture. They are pretty gross looking. Paternal instinct. Long miss you, Rain. What the hell are you doing anyway? What am I doing? I'll tell you what I'm doing. We're getting out of here. We are. What about them? Put them on the endangered species list. Oh my god. <laughs> she's, just, she's shooting a laser at all of these apes now. Like a high-powered laser. She's eviscerating and just sort of slicing into these apes with a laser gun. Wow. Wow, I, that was an ape cut in half. I really don't remember a magical oh laser, uh, I gotta say. I don't either. I don't remember that cool catchphrase. Put him on the endangered species list. That sounds pretty pretty badass. <laughs> I gotta say that uh, it's funny, too, that like I, I imagine now they might say, well... I think people are generally sympathetic to the endangered species. The animals are the endangered yeah. species. People generally want them to survive, not to be like exterminated. Um, not to be exterminated by some lady with a giant high-powered laser just acting yeah. independently. Some American white woman who has traveled to Africa to find a lost city. Jane Goodall like, figure. It's the most like white person in Africa story of all time. Where it's like, we're in this exotic <laughs> land and there's a magical city in here and I'm just going to mow down all the, the creatures that are <laughs> with native. a gun. Yeah. <laughs> wow. I'm going to colonize this place and kill everybody with a big old gun. Yeah. yeah that is pretty, pretty darn white person of them. I will say that. Almost as white <laughs> as those white apes. Yeah. Anyway, yeah, the the special effects were not that great back then. Right, there, you can, you know, it's sort of funny because it's like very little difference between that and whatever they had going on at Chuck E. Cheese. You know what I mean? The animatronic <laughs> things, sort of like <laughs> I couldn't couldn't really tell you the difference between the two. Yeah, I'm being honest. Yeah, Chuck wow. E. Cheese, going to Chuck E. Cheese as a kid, just like that scene from Congo. Just like Congo, really. <laughs> <laughs> that's why I could never go back as a child. That's Associated what, it with killer apes. Let's put this Chuck E. Cheese on the endangered species list. <laughs> ugly, ugly, Chucky. Ugly, Chucky, cheese. <laughs> and it's like, hey, that's hurtful. Oh, my God. That's so funny. Well, since uh, we are recording this right before Halloween, I thought it's only fair to milk the uh, Dr. Loomis commentary we had from last episode and do one oh, more sure, yeah. one more of my favorite clips from Dr. Loomis. Uh, so I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to direct you to the end of Halloween 4, and let me try to explain a little bit of the plot, which is, um, you know the gist of it. Michael tries to kill Laurie, uh, and then, you know, eventually at the end of Halloween 2, um, <clears throat> Loomis and Laura, no, Loomis and Michael get in a fight in like a, a, a hospital that's on fire and then everyone leaves as the hospital collapses. And so generally you'd assume, I think they probably died in that burning building that collapsed onto them. Right. Um, you would think you would think. And then, uh, the third one is an anthology one. Cause they decided maybe there's not a whole lot of story to milk out of this. Let's, uh, maybe we just do like a fun new horror story every year. And so uh, they tried that, and it's actually pretty good, Halloween 3. But as you can guess, those <laughs> the fans were like, this isn't Michael killing people. I don't like it. What is this? Our killer, where is Michael? <laughs> yeah. Our strong killer. Yeah, except those people. Our killer is strong. Those peop the this people who did weak. that petition, this was their dads, I guess, who were like, my, my oh, killer is gone. I can't see him in this movie. Uh, where is Michael? Son, 
Son, you're going to keep the very long tradition of complaining that yeah. there's not enough Michael in the Halloween films. Okay? I think about them. Ken- so that's going to be a big part of your your adulthood growing up. One day, Michael <laughs> will come back. One day, our savior <laughs> will return. Um, One day, we'll get a movie with finally some Michael in it. Yeah. <laughs> it's like there was an hour of Michael footage in that two-hour movie, just so you know. It was at least 50% Michael. Not enough. So, not enough yeah. Michael. So four was uh, John Carpenter had uh, decided, yeah, I'm done, but uh, he still gets paid, right? To to for every t- every time oh, someone Carpenter. else, Carpenter, yeah, yeah, he, Carpenter made those, he the did. thing guy, yeah, 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 and uh, I, I didn't know that. You know, th- this starts off well, and then uh, their reboot was all right. We got to go back to the basics. Michael wants to kill somebody. First roadblock they run into is Jamie Lee Curtis is sort of like I don't know. I kind of feel like we resolved that whole thing. I don't really want to come back for this. <laughs> <laughs> so they're like oh uh, um okay so laurie strode that character she died off screen i guess between two and three but she had a daughter so i guess it's gonna be michael wants to go kill her five-year-old daughter all right sure why not and so laurie jamie lee curtis is just Weird. not not in it but there's this new girl this new child um and so that like she's with like a foster family and then Michael is slowly coming back to um, you know, kill the daughter because it's sort of like it doesn't really explain why. He's like, all right, well, she's related to Lori. Yeah, so I guess he wants to kill her. Uh and then once again, the fans were like, Yeah, sounds good. I like it. This is what I want. Yeah, exterminate Lori's branch of the family. Yeah. No more Lori's ever again. It's like, oh, okay. Our, like, what's the motivation? Our killer no, is a, not necessary. Our killer eradicates genetic lines. Bloodlines are gone. <laughs> our killer is impulsive and works without little motivation that's clear on screen. <laughs> and he's but, strong. So, of course, Dr. Loomis has to come back, right? Because they're just trying to redo the first one. Um, but another problem right. was Dr. Loomis did seem to die in a collapsing hospital. And like, <laughs> you can maybe say, all right, Michael's this magical killer who you can't, you know, can't destroy. But nobody had really established that this old psychiatrist was also magical. Invincible. Yeah. So he's just like <laughs> right. back and he's got this, <laughs> this big scar on his cheek because I guess they're like, oh yeah, that's his burn mark from when that building collapsed on top of him. <laughs> That's from when the thing that he almost died from happened yeah. right there on his face, you know? So, um, end of four is what I'm going to bring us to here, this clip, because uh, as you can guess, it's a lot of Michael killing people and they're trying to get away. And Dr. Loomis is like, you have to get out of here. We have to shoot to kill him. And the, the police again are like, okay, sure. Dr. Loomis, we will shoot to kill whoever you tell us to shoot to kill. Don't have to tell us twice. Dr. Loomis, we're the police. We yeah. do that anyways. We're already on that. <laughs> we're doing that to anybody we see. Um, we do that already, dummy. You don't need to remind us. <laughs> so they think that they've gotten Michael again, like always happens. I think he like rolls down a stream or like his body rolls off into a stream to be seen again in the next one. Um, but then Loomis is like, all right, we saved the day. We're going to go back to the house of the foster family. And then it turns out that that little girl has got a little, uh, little of that Michael kill gene inside of her little competition. So Dr. Loomis is watching this little girl walk out of the bathroom where I think her foster mom was and just heard a bunch of screaming. And this little girl's holding this bloody knife. And Loomis is sort of like, oh no, the evil has has transmigrated into this little girl. And here's his reaction to it. <laughs> no! 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 
God. All right. So if you're just watching, wow, uh, you heard it. It's exactly what it sounds like. He's looking at the little girl wearing a clown outfit, saying, "No, no, 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 no." And then he raises a gun to shoot her. <laughs> this guy is still practicing. Yep. as a doctor. Yeah, that's the funniest part. <laughs> People are going to this guy for life advice, and he almost shot a kid. He's still the hero. Which, He's still the hero of this series. Um, the weird part is the police stopped him, which I was thinking, like, why are you jumping in? You know, like, what's not? It's speaking of non-traditional. <laughs> <laughs> cops don't usually stop the killing. You yeah, know what I mean? That's, sort of. Well, here, let's. let's. So the killer just, or the the cop just picked up the gun and then continued to point it at the little girl. Yeah. So the cop stopped the psychiatrist doctor from shooting the, the kid and then now points the gun at the kid. I love too that uh, Loomis is like, his whole thing is warning people about this unspeakable evil. But the fact that one other person could be evil just destroys him. He's just like a blubbering mess. He's like, there are more than one evil person in the world. <laughs> no. It's like. You can take it easy. There's probably a lot of evil people out there. <laughs> yeah. Oh, boy. What, does he just have a bunch of, like, uh, bored housewives and then Michael Myers are his clients? You know, for a psychiatrist, it doesn't seem like he's really that um, <laughs> mentally healthy, you know? Yeah. To put it kindly. It seems like he's a little bit uh, on the verge of losing it. And I don't That's, know yeah. if I want advice advice from that guy. He's just crying in the corner. All right. No. 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 <laughs> he sounds. He sounds kind of like. Uh, like Jordan Peterson, actually. No. <laughs> oh no. Oh my god. I saw the most the most horrible, awful things I've seen them. I've seen Mike. I've seen Michael. He's he's a good uh, comparison, actually, to a guy who's like, you were a psychiatrist. Yeah, I know. Yeah. What's up with all these psychiatrists having like emotional meltdowns? And then everybody's like, you know what? He's probably really good at what he does. And it's like, well, I mean, debatable considering his specialties, mental health. And you're, you're not seeing like a great example of that personified. I'm now picturing, you know, uh, somebody has escaped from a mental institution. And then Jordan Peterson comes into the small town in Illinois or whatever. And he's like, <laughs> he is pure evil. He is pure, pure, unadulterated evil. Not one bit of God in him. I've seen the face of God, and there's nothing in him like that at all. Yeah. And I and it just it fills me with such a deep sadness that we can't recognize Michael for the evil that he is. He's Our talking to the sheriff. The sheriff is, is like, out there. Doctor Dr. Peterson, how do we get him? Where is he? How do we where do we go? He's like what you do is you analyze the mindset, the archetype of somebody like that. And then the police chief is Where's like, going I, already, I don't know Where's what archetype he? means, but uh, yeah. what, uh, which house I'm is he already, which house is he trying to get to? And Peterson's like, which house well, do we break into and start blasting doctor? What do you mean by <laughs> you and house and him? We don't even agree on what these words mean anymore. The thing is, people don't understand metaphysics anymore. And it's like, Dr. Peterson, we're just trying to get a straight answer. Yeah, Michael. <laughs> Michael's killed 30 people. Well, he's just like, yeah. the thing about the word you is it implies an I. And an I is not a you. And when you 
Are you? You're not a we. But there's too much we. <laughs> the thing is, I like to think about exigences in a in a normal way and there's just people being slaughtered behind him he's just giving a speech on some niche aspect of philosophy the whole really the 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 debatably even applicable all the cops are taking notes on this uh, you know metaphysics lecture while michael's out there killing people (laughs) the cops are like so you're telling me that things are impermanent and permanent at the same time? Yes, I'm telling you exactly <laughs> that. And there's like they're actually having a breakthrough. <laughs> oh, I see. So it's kind of like that Schrodinger's cat thing where things both exist and do not exist. Exactly. You, you, my good sir, you've explained it right, right, perfect. Everyone, take notes, officer. Yeah. What's your name? Uh, uh, Keenan, sir. Officer Keenan, he's got it. He's a genius. Okay, we need to make this guy. Can we? You know what? Let's have this guy be in charge of mental health. Uh, for the Dr. Peterson, unit. should should we should we be answering the call? It seems like a lot of people are calling nine one one. The thing is, uh, they'll hang up. <laughs> okay. The thing is, people who need help will keep asking for help, and those who do not need it shall seek it elsewhere. It's like self reliance. Oh, that's pretty. Di- this I like country that, used to be founded on a self reliant ethos. We need to the bring cops- that back. Yeah, the cops are not responsible for your safety, okay? The Supreme Court decided that. And then the cops are like, ah, I see what you're saying. So what you're saying is we don't have to do our jobs. (laughs) We could just sit around, cash those paychecks. Dr. Peterson's like, exactly. And the important part is that your mental health is in good condition while you do that. Like, yeah, yep, that's why I scroll through Reddit and I'm reading all those, um, those healthy incel posts. Yes, yeah, so it sort of helps me unwind after work. Exact. See, you're exactly the kind of person I'm talking about, and I'm talking to <laughs> Dr. Peterson recommending what the local police department should do <laughs> to combat ever-increasing negativity towards the local police department. <laughs> yeah. You see, they called me in for PR because I am the king of PR. I'm good at getting. Didn't you come I'm, here I'm because the spin doctor? Didn't you come here because they the spin doctor? Insane asylum got like somebody broke out of an insane asylum. I thought you <laughs> thought you were warning us about some killer ten minutes ago. Yeah, the the killer is still out there. But the thing is, we got to get back to the the basics, which are people. The need killer. You're worried about the killer out there. What you should be worried about is the killer in here. Yeah. The thing is though, you gotta have a little killer inside of you. You know, you gotta know when to let that killer out of the box. But the important part is when you keep the killer inside. And the cops are like, ah, I see what you're saying. So what you're saying is we don't have to do our job. We can sit around and cash our paychecks and we can kill the people that are threats. Oh my <laughs> That's god. It's exactly what I'm saying. <laughs> Before you know it, like the police department are doing half of Michael Myers' work for him, you know? And it's like Wow, you know, Mike works quick. Once he gets the police department on board, he can wipe out a whole town in pretty much a couple days. <laughs> Michael Myers becomes <laughs> the new police chief. <laughs> he becomes police chief of all these little towns and gets the police to turn on the population. And he's just wiping out like all these small towns in America are just getting completely like genocided <laughs> through the police department. See, this is the political angle that we need for Halloween 70. That's whatever they're on right now. Our killer is strong guy would. Yeah. He would struggle to find I mean, an issue authori- here. Authoritarian cops combined with a strong killer. Come on. That's a match made in, in, authoritarian paradise michael runs for president (laughs) michael michael becomes the clown prince of the (laughs) alt-right 
Oh my! Well, ben you Shapiro's know, like I, that that Michael Myers guy is terrific. I'm telling you, like every town he goes into, he cleans up all the homeless people. There's no more homeless, yeah. and there's in fact there's no problems anymore. So M- basically, when he like goes into a, a town, <laughs> yeah, I don't I don't like his style, but I like his I like his ideas. He's got good ideas, and he gets it done. Ted Cruz is like, you know, he called my wife a bitch, which I don't really appreciate, but uh, I'm happy to come right over here and slobber all over the man if needed okay ted maybe everyone's like rethink that one weird ted because nobody's ever heard him say a word that's the only (laughs) that's the only word he's ever said in public (laughs) he's never said a single word except that he hates ted cruz's wife and then everyone's like well i do believe that one because the thing is nobody really likes ted cruz okay so (laughs) <laughs> the thing is, everybody in the country hates Ted Cruz. He's the one uniting factor for every political party, you know, across the aisle, bipartisan. You you can't pass anything on legalizing cannabis at a federal level, but you could pass a bill tomorrow saying, let's make it hate Ted Cruz day. And everybody would be cheering from the, <laughs> even in Texas, people would be shooting guns off in the air, you know, to celebrate. They just do that, I think, when it's like, the, the next hour has come. It's, it's like, like oh, it's six, six o'clock now. <laughs> yeah. Let's shoot our guns again. <laughs> Jimmy, it's about 4.30 on the dot. You want to hit those numbers? You got it. <laughs> What's that? Uh, it's 15 strokes. It's 15 shots to mark the half hour. Yes, sir. That's what they do over there in the UK. Big Ben style. <laughs> That's what they do uh. in the mother country. <laughs> Next thing I want to draw your attention to, I haven't watched the clip exactly. I've heard the gist of it. But uh, remember Matthew Perry, the uh, Friends star, Chandler, I think his name oh, was? Oh, yeah. Um, Chandler Bing. Yeah, he. Uh, so he's had some health problems, and I'm not here to pick on him for that. But he made a, a weird claim, a weird comment in his memoir, I guess, about sort of his path back to health after dealing with, I think, alcoholism. So let's watch this and uh, dissect it a little bit. Matthew Perry shades Keanu Reeves in his new memoir. The celeb's book, Friends, Lovers, and the Big Terrible Thing, drops November 1st, and in it, he gives his take on the beloved actor while discussing the death of their mutual friend, the late River Phoenix. Matthew says, River was a beautiful man inside and out. Too beautiful for this world, it turned out. It always seems to be the really talented guys who go down. Then he adds, why is it that the original thinkers like River Phoenix and Heath Ledger die, but Keanu Reeves still walks among us? Wow. Wow. (laughs) Now, if I'm Keanu Reeves, I'm thinking like, okay, that's kind of funny. But at the same time, what did I ever do to you, Matt? (laughs) Well, I'd love to. This is in the book. This is not like an offhand thing. I thought this when isn't I, from the press tour. This is in like the the back cover of the book. This got edited, <laughs> went through multiple drafts. Multiple different people had eyes on it, and this was lawyers fine. signed yes. off on this. <laughs> That's the craziest part to me. That's what I thought. Like but when yeah. I first saw, I saw yeah, a tweet man. about this yesterday, and my initial assumption is like, "Ooh, he stumbled into the wrong." Like he just, you know, was like trying to trying to finish his thought, trying to make a point about like. It's so sad that these guys died, and he just picked a terrible way to say that. But no, no, no. This was written and published. 
he picked also a very likable person. Like, sure, okay, maybe you could make the argument Keanu Reeves is not the most talented of actors. He's got a likability, a certain charm, but he's not the, you he's know, not he's terrible. not like a method actor. No, no. but like, he's fine. He's you know, for like the thing yeah, that he does, fine. his action movies, whatever. Nobody's doing that much worse in those movies than him. The funniest, the funniest part is that Keanu Reeves is somewhat of a beloved cult icon now <laughs> in pop culture. And so it's almost like he, he, if you just substituted Keanu Reeves for like Chuck Norris, it'd be hilarious. You know, it's still it's be... almost like saying the same thing. Cause it's like, what about this untalented person who's beloved by th- millions? Yeah. Why haven't they died yet? Why it's is sort of like, why is, you why know, are you an alive? Interesting take. It's just such a harsh way to put that point. Like you don't have to wish <laughs> essentially like wish that this person was dead instead of Heath Ledger to try to like value people who have died due to addictions. <laughs> I know. Why are Monica and Joey still alive? Jesus, oh my God! We could get rid of them. That would have been funnier. <laughs> if only it was David Schwimmer. If only Jennifer Aniston could have gone first. Well, let's she be was honest. Never really talented. And it's like well, Schwimmer. The thing is, they all know Schwimmer sucks. That would have been the funniest thing. Schwimmer. Why is Heath Ledger dead, funny. but David Schwimmer walks among us? <laughs> Now that would have been actually a hilarious quote and probably too a funny way to sort of give an old shout out to a friend. You know what I mean? <laughs> an enemy. But he goes with yeah, all their enemies. I don't well, know. I, they don't. I would think so. I mean, I guess if, if they're enemies, then who cares? It's he made an enemy out of Keanu instantly. Yeah. By, In my comeback tour, I maybe wouldn't want to make enemies both with Keanu and the vast majority of people who like Keanu. <laughs> see who's another popular american figure sort of like why hasn't dolly parton died yet christ sort of like um you know the thing is i don't she's really well liked there's a lot of people who nah you know uh you know what i wish james hong can we get rid of him he's 95 let's just why can't he have keith heath ledger far too young gone too soon but james hong you know to be to be uh you know he should have tried to go for someone who was gonna get uh, you know, more controversial by the time the book came out. So, L. Like, Brooks, why can't he be dead? Huh? <laughs> it's like, okay, uh, Matthew Perry, maybe calm down. You know, I don't know if your publicist is Kanye West, but maybe don't say that kind of stuff, sir. <laughs> I, yeah, I just, I don't get how nobody, or maybe they did, and maybe he was just like, nope, that's how I want to express my thought. Uh, like nobody was like, hey, you know, maybe, maybe just don't ask why a certain actor is still alive. Like maybe, maybe that's just yeah. not the way to go about Cause you're not asking it in this, in the sense of like, how did they survive that ordeal? It's literally like, why do they deserve to live instead of these people who died? It's, it's literally, why have they not killed themselves yeah. yet instead of other people? And it's like, Oh boy, that seems like advocating for like suicide <laughs> of the person, like kind of goading them on to be like, what's taking you so long, buddy? I mean, you're a gun owner, you know? Well, and that's, it's not <laughs> even like, like it's, he's not picking someone who's a bad person. Like by all accounts, Keanu Reeves is a really yeah. generous guy. Yeah, that's, 
the thing is, yeah, pick Mitch McConnell. Pick anyone that's sort of disgusting that everybody mutually hates in, like, I don't know, not even politics, just pop culture. You know what I mean? You could all find – why is Harvey Weinstein still yeah, alive? there you go. Whereas, you know, you know, there you go. That's that's Pick the months. You know, why is Ghislaine Maxwell still among us, but right. Jeffrey is long and gone? It's like, Matthew Perry, I don't know if that's the quote to be going with. You know, that's the, that, don't put that one on the back cover of the book when it comes out because – it's not going to play well amongst the many, many Keanu. The more, in fact, I'm not, you know, I don't want to be mean here, Matt, but more people are fans of Keanu Reeves than you. Okay. You're known for something that's like 30 yeah. years ago, right. but Keanu is still relevant. You're like a C list and he's like above that. And I know. This is I'm like, not, uh, this is like so Michael Richards being like, why, <laughs> why is River Phoenix dead? But uh, like, you know, like Jennifer Lawrence still alive, still walks among us. You know, like, that bitch. It's yeah. Like, like, what oh do you have God. against her? <laughs> what do you have against this person specifically? I don't know. It sounds like some specific beef. I mean, maybe he was just going for a random guy, but that's a horrible pick. Yeah. Do you think and he the just thing is, doesn't realize book, that you can? Okay. Yeah. Oh, no, I was gonna say, in a book, you can change it. You know what I mean? That's the beauty of it. Yeah. It's not a quote from Good Morning America. Like right. you can change the person. Like his editor wasn't like, you know, um, I would go with a different person. <laughs> That's what I'm thinking. Like somebody must have said that at some. Like I buy that Matthew Perry maybe has no idea that Keanu Reeves still makes movies because he just doesn't care, right? And so, like to him, maybe <laughs> yeah. it's like some has been from the '90s is who he thinks he's writing about. But <laughs> yeah, somebody exactly. at some point who had some eyes on this thing is aware of like. John Wick, the Matrix sequels, anything about Keanu, just just like the general aura of Keanu Reeves and his fans, and the they, facts that he still makes like five movies a year yeah. plus, you know, and he's like in stuff, always churning out stuff, and he gives like millions of dollars of gifts to crews and stuff, you know, like <laughs> yeah, like yeah, he movie. works for free on most movie sets. He gives he he'll just basically give his house to like the nearest child with cancer in yes. an instant without yeah. even asking twice, and it's like wow, what a good guy, you know. Yeah. These are the type of people that should be wealthy. Matthew Perry's like, these are the type of people that should have killed themselves. Why won't you and die, like, Keanu? Whoa. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> he has some giant eternal beef with Keanu. Good luck, He's Matthew like, you know Perry, in the, in the court of public <laughs> <Yeah>. opinion. <laughs> He's like, why couldn't it have... Is <laughs> like, me versus Keanu? That guy over there is spending millions of dollars to give homeless people a home and children with cancer treatment. I'm over here having spent millions of dollars on my addiction problems and nobody's given me a fucking slap on yeah. the ass. I wish him nothing but <laughs> terrible misfortune and tragedy. Oh man. Like the thing is Matthew Perry had like some recent like health scare. So it's kind of like, can you imagine this is um this is how he goes out? <laughs> it's like he's Matthew Perry dead at 48. His last quote Fuck you, Keanu. <laughs> exactly. He's like, like, oh, okay. Well, wow, he did have a problem with Keanu then. I'm getting the sense. He's holding the nurse's hand and he's like, I can't. <laughs> I'm going to fight. I can't go before Keanu. Hand Turn to God. My morphine. Turn down my morphine. I'm not ready to go yet. Get Keanu. Tell Keanu I'm a make a wish kid so I can have him in here and I can punch him right in his sucker face. I got out of. <laughs> I, I went sober. To make sure that I outlive that bastard Keanu Reeves. 
why won't he die <laughs> it's like wow i didn't i mean why does this even exist you guys never even worked this isn't even like a what about bob situation where bill murray had to work with richard dreyfus yeah, and, and they hated, hated each, each other yeah. and they mutually wanted each other's death for you know just the fact that they had to work together i mean these guys have never been in a movie together yeah i don't even know if they even know each other <laughs> i love yeah. it's so funny it's, it's funny like, to think wow. too of keanu surely has heard about this just because he's all over the news <laughs> probably he's a good guy though so he's probably like ah uh, matthew's probably he's who? got the brain fog from all the drugs you know he's, i bet he's, he's like don't worry about him who and his agent's like chandler from <laughs> friends keanu's like oh. i don't like yeah i kind of remember why does he hate me yeah, <laughs> like, I've, I've I still see friends sometimes when I'm at a hotel. Yeah. And, uh, he's kind of funny Tokyo, shooting a movie. Yeah, <laughs> right. <laughs> While he's like on his couch in like Beverly Hills and like a modest size home, writing a book that's like F Keanu Reeves. <laughs> his editor's like, "This is not going to go through. You can get one bad quote in about Keanu. You got to scrap the rest of it. <laughs> this this is, is a biography. This isn't a diatribe. You got it. <laughs> this is Matthew Perry's whole like second wave of his career. He's like, my second act is taking down Keanu. Whatever it takes. I've I've found a purpose in my life, much like <laughs> Greta Thunberg. Greta Thunberg has found climate change. I've found the hatred of Keanu Reeves." <laughs> to keep my days alive and as soon as he passes my purpose will be gone but until then i'm here advocating for keanu reeves to, to do away with himself in the secret it's society like, wow, you have to you know sad. give up power to uh you know realize you don't have the power because some higher power really is operating and pulling the strings and it's unfair and it sucks <laughs> and i realize that higher power it's keanu reeves and i will kill him dear god it's me chandler bing <laughs> I'm just wondering why Keanu Reeves isn't dead yet. Uh, anyways, good night, God. It's me, Chandler. He's, he just calls himself Chandler. Okay. This is really weird. Motivation is, is like alcohol or uh, addiction abuse sponsors. Like, yeah, I've known uh, I've known Matthew Perry for six years now. I've helped him through many ups and downs in his sobriety career, and you know he's a really good guy. Um, but it's just really weird how obsessed he is with Keanu Reeves. He has sort of. And I mean, I've only been over to his house twice, but he's got one of those like little pinpoints and strings going from place to place. And they all have pictures of Keanu Reeves in various poses and <laughs> various outfits. And, and he's got a bunch of stuff written on the wall, sort of tracking him. And I, I don't know what's going on there, but I wish him all the best. He goes to a shooting yeah, I, range I, with a big Matrix poster. <laughs> Keanu Reeves got out. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Can we stick this up there? It's like, uh, that's a human. Yeah, I know. Okay. Matthew well. Perry's life is just taxi driver, uh, but it's about <laughs> yeah. Keanu Reeves. It's just, That's so funny. He's just obsessed with how much he, he's like, that guy, how, how has he been so successful? He sucks. It's, it's like, so funny to oh, pick man. just the nicest person, maybe the nicest person in Hollywood, right? Probably. One of the few people in the entire world deserving of great wealth because he's so generous and kind-hearted and he would probably give it all away before he dies. Like, that's the guy that you're saying, like, eh, I could take it or leave him. And yeah. pr preferably, if he kills himself, that would be the best. It's like, I, uh, no, that's not... <laughs> Yeah, not, I'm, I'm just Googling him and I see he's there are several articles that say he is literally, quote, the nicest guy in Hollywood. Keanu Reeves. Yeah. 
The thing is, too, there's there's probably, no joke, a trillion anecdotes online of like, you know what, I actually met Keanu Reeves in the in the Phoenix, Arizona airport, and he basically just gave me a leather jacket that he signed, and I was like, wow, this is a $600, are you sure you, he said, yeah, no problem, here you go, man, uh, thanks for being a fan. I was like, wow, this is like super unnecessarily generous, but like, geez, he's really a nice guy. <laughs> There's like so many stories of that online. You know, <laughs> my kid, my son has cancer and we, he just loves the Keanu Reeves movies. And so we, we, we asked him if he could come over. Keanu spent a month with us and he took us to Hawaii. And it's like, there's so many stories of like all that kind of stuff. So I don't know, man, this is funny. It's almost like him saying like, you know, who should have killed himself? It's too late for Gandhi and Mother Teresa yeah. and the Pope. Hope he kills himself too. <laughs> it's like Matthew Perry, you got to get a different angle here on this uh, on this book tour. I don't know if that's really what you want to be going out blazing, yeah. guns well, blazing. That is angle. always the funny part about these memoirs because whatever bad decision you made in writing that is what the entire press tour is going to end up being about. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Now the Good Morning America show is gonna be like. <clears throat> so, uh, Matthew, I'm so glad you uh, re recovered from your most recent bowel injury due to the fact that you're a drug addict. Welcome on the show. He's like, oh, thank you very much. You know, glad to be here. So, tell us about this book. Do you hate Keanu Reeves? Exactly. That's what. And if so he's why? Gonna get asked That's gonna that be it. Over and over and over and over and over. He's gonna be like, he's on the phone with his producer, like, hey, why am I getting so many questions about Keanu Reeves? Yeah, and they're like, well. You remember that quote you insisted must be included in the book? Yes. Well, that was sort of the one that set people's alarm bells off. The rest <laughs> of his life, he's probably going to have to be talking about Keanu Reeves now. <laughs> he's like, he outlives Keanu Reeves somehow through some miracle of science. And then he, and then people are like, so, you know, I guess you got your wish now, Matthew. Um, Keanu Reeves has passed away. He's no longer with us. He lived to the ripe old age of 80, 80, 87. And we have a 96-year-old Matthew Perry here with us uh, to talk about it. Matthew, welcome to the show. Uh, thank you. Uh, thank you, Aniston. Oh, no, no, I'm not Jennifer Aniston. I'm <laughs> I'm Kathy Lee. I'm Kathy Lee 2.0. I'm, I'm here on the Today Show. Oh, well, thank you. So we wanted to ask you, since Keanu Reeves has passed, do you finally feel that an emotional burden has been lifted from your shoulders? <laughs> yes. <laughs> it was my life's work to outlive Keanu, and having done that, I can sleep in forever peace, God. knowing that I. <laughs> it's like I don't, I don't understand. This is so funny. It I'm is, it is hilarious to hate somebody for no specific reason. I know it I makes know me, it makes me think of uh, <laughs> the Gore Vidal William F. Buckley feud, uh, where those guys actually did both hate each other, whereas in this case. Right. Matthew Perry hates somebody who probably vaguely knows who Matthew Perry is and doesn't hate him at all. Um, it is it is a kindly enough person to probably not even care. Yeah. It's sort of like, oh, yeah, no, I mean, I wish him all the best. You know, I yeah. don't I don't really know why he has a problem with me, but whatever. I don't remember the quote. I was just trying to look for it. But when, <laughs> when William F. Buckley finally died, because that was another like the two of them, it was definitely like out of just like pure rage was going to keep one of them alive longer than the other. <laughs> just just to have the final then, word. Um, and then you had to interview the guy who yeah. outlived the other one just to be like, so how does it feel now that the other guy's dead? And he did. <laughs> and it was exactly what you'd expect. I can't find the exact quote, but basically it was like, I oh, wish man. him the best in hell. It was like Gordon Hall's <laughs> yeah, quote. That sounds about right. <laughs> <laughs> wish him all the best in eternity of damnation. <laughs> right. 
God rest his soul. He was a POS while he was alive. Yeah, basically that. It was like a very eloquent go to hell. I'm happy he's in hell. Hope he burns for eternity. Good for us that he's I gone. I hope he was alive in that coffin when they buried him. Yeah. It's like, oh my God, dude, you need to calm down. This is an extreme hatred of somebody. Did you watch that documentary healthy. on Buckley Vidal? Came out a few years no, ago? No, I didn't. Oh, you got to watch it. They... It's so funny. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Um, okay. All right. Like Vidal has like pictures of that debate in his bathroom. Like, well, he would take a bath. What? He'd look at these pictures of that because it's like his most victorious oh, moment in his man. life was getting William Buckley to threaten to punch him on live TV. It's like ten debates of just poking and poking and poking and poking him until he explodes, and that's Gore Vidal's proudest oh, moment. That was my Waterloo. Yes. <laughs> was up there on the stage <laughs> on the Tonight Show or whatever the hell. <laughs> Oh, it's great. Wow, that's that's really something. <laughs> that's my recommend that's my Halloween movie recommendation, everybody. Watch I think it's called Best of Enemies, the Buckley versus Vidal debates or something. <laughs> that is truly the scariest thing on this spooky time of the year is having somebody hate you for no stated reason. <laughs> sort of a an intense amount of hate for just you being alive. You know, that's yeah. That is kind of a little spooky. Yeah. And yeah, a bit annoying. <laughs> well, on that note, do you, do you have any Halloween traditions? Do you have anything you're going to watch over the weekend? Nothing I'm going to watch, but I do have a tradition of putting uh, little candy corns inside of acorns and then sort of leaving them on my front porch. For the for squirrels. The squirrels. Yeah. Yes. Yes. So the squirrels, they come through and... You know, I wish them all the best. And uh, by the time the children come through, they're like, oh, oh where's the candy? Squirrels got to it first. Well, Snooze, you lose. I wonder so, though, will, a life lesson I do you, teach the kids in the neighborhood each year that life, you know, don't let squirrels sneak up on you, kids. If you snooze, the squirrels <laughs> will win. <laughs> the squirrels are always out there, kids. Be S vigilant. <laughs> squirrels will get there first if you're not on the prize. You're like, wait, what? It's like three different motivational quotes with the squirrel part. I don't, I don't totally follow. May the road rise to meet you, and the squirrels always be at your back. <laughs> I wonder though, Will, with these these acorns, we got a lot of squirrels will bury the acorns, right, for for when they're hungry and they want to come back. So, sure. do they just bury essentially a candy corn in the ground that probably bugs will eat? Yeah, I think it sprouts a tree that's really weird. <laughs> a candy <laughs> cornfield. Yeah, a candy cornfield. Yes, like a Willy Wonka plantation <laughs> crop. That's the <laughs> circle of life. Oh, indeed. Actually, we had some creepy thing I wanted. If you wanted to show this, that thing I sent you earlier, well, yeah. that guy from Instagram. Last thing I have on if here. If you could pull up his TikTok, that's where it's kind of creepy. Oh, I don't know if but I have a link to his TikTok. Right, so you sent me his Instagram, and I can't open that. It oh. says the, the account is private. I don't know if you follow. Oh. Do you follow this man? I don't follow him. I don't know who I he is. I don't follow him. Google his name and just uh, just go to videos, because there's a few like of his videos. Lance? He's basically some some christian mormon man who goes around telling dad jokes uh to people's doorbell cameras but his and and it's under the guise of like oh this is a quirky little fun thing that he does you know he's got dad humor he's a little he's a weird one but you know it's all quirky and in good fun but if you watch some of his videos you get a very severe like this man is 99.9% a serial killer. Right, I got a, I got a compilation. <laughs> kind of I think so how'd you come across oh this? You're, Cause you're, you're just on the talks. You're a, you're a talk surfer 
No, I'm not even. I'm not even always on the talks. I got this from the tube. I got this from YouTube, and oh, then um, okay. somebody was like, "Check this out. This guy's kind of creeping some people out." But other people think it's wholesome. And I was like, "Yeah, I th I have strong opinions on this." <laughs> so but let he, me know what you think. So all he does is he goes in like the ring camera thing, and he'll just say, you know, like mm -hmm. your refrigerator's yeah. running. You better go catch it. That yeah. kind of stuff. Exactly. Or, okay. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Do trees poop? Do they poop? All right, well, this is more scary than most horror movies. I'm just going to say for the first six He's seconds. He's giving Dr. Loomis a run for his money, you know? It's, yeah, I'm like uh, Dr. Loomis over here. No! No! No, no, no! No! Get the man away from the door! <laughs> I have a right to defend my property. No! I have a gun. Get no! away! <laughs> no! I'm just backing into the corner, blubbering mess, crying and screaming no. <laughs> you pull out what? your gun, you point it at the door, you're like, Stand your ground! Stand your ground, Bill! I have the right. <laughs> of course they do. How would we get number two pencils? <laughs> okay, that that movement of putting his mouth right up uh, at the camera. I mean, that's that's a calculated uh, move. He knows kind of weird. He right? knows what he's doing. That's my take on that. Yeah, I don't. The thing is, too, this is unsolicited. This isn't like his his neighbor that he just pranks you know this is like some he, he's like a cross-country christian jogger man Forrest and Gump. he just does this to yeah i guess gump for christ <laughs> so he's a <clears throat> so gump is running around the country for god and he runs up to <laughs> random people's doorbells and invades their privacy by leaving like creepy horrifying messages that yeah. again i i don't see how this can be wholesome like this just creeps if this happened to me i'd be terrified yeah. <laughs> i mean what it reminds me of more than anything is uh in the dark night um uh, when the joker, <laughs> the joker video yeah yeah i know <laughs> he's just um like he'll say this thing about like too much. batman you know if you don't say who you are someone will die every day and then he like laughs hysterically and brings the camera right up to his mouth that's basically what just happened there yeah, like manic laughter followed by like uncomfortably weird camera angles on purpose. Yeah, exactly. Um, yeah, it's it's a Joker combination for sure. Why did the bicycle fall down? Why did the bicycle fall down? Too tired. <laughs> what did the? He's got a Joker laugh. Yeah, he's giving the Joaquin Phoenix run for his money. <laughs> the thing is, if it's wholesome, you don't have a laugh like that. You know what I mean? Well, you don't laugh that hard uh, at a joke you've heard also. At a joke you're telling that yeah. you know, you generally don't laugh hysterically at it because... Unless it's a joke that you're sort of a mentally unhinged person and you're like, is the city hall going to blow up? <laughs> yeah, no, that's but that's basically the Joker. You know yeah, what I mean? That's yeah. just what the Joker does. This guy is the Joker. The shark. <laughs> Say after... <laughs> He ate a clownfish. <laughs> you know, his laugh reminds me of kind of is the Alec Baldwin fake laugh. They're like, oh, Woody. Oh, Woody. That was a good one. Yeah. Like, like a, a hefty wheezing noise. Yeah. You know? Sort of like, I'm laughing. I'm not struggling for air. What did he say? <laughs> he said, this tastes funny. <laughs> Right, this is the, the Mormon. Socks? This is the Mormon Joker. He's literally the Joker, but in Mormon form. Like for those of you listening, he looks like a little Mormon. Are these? He. These are all at the same house. Freaky. So this is just one person. So he's oh. going like door to door to door. 
right? Oh, these are the same house. Because got that same I heard piece that he of... would go to different places. Well, yeah, that? you're right. That's the same turf. So is he running around? Is this his own with a hedge trimmer? <laughs> this... That yeah, that's that's actually where I'm going with this. Because I'm like, if he's running through a neighborhood with a hedge trimmer, an electric hedge trimmer that could do serious oh, damage, and he's stopping at the door, like. You know, like imagine, uh, you know, somebody running around with a chainsaw and they go up to a door and they're like, you know, what did, why did, why is six afraid of seven? Cause seven, eight, nine. Yeah, you know, I know. Like, That's literally, there's a literally a movie that happened in Texas about a massacre with, with a large, like tool implement. Yeah. This is a Texas chainsaw massacre. This is Leatherface if he was more social. And went to church every day. Leather, if Leatherface found God. This might if be Leatherface found the Book of Mormon under a tree and he it hit him in the head like Isaac Newton and he found the, the light and the path and all of a sudden he's a Mormon, but he's kept that freaky side of him. You know, when you get that the two worlds colliding here, this is what you get. You get this guy. Say to the pants. What did the sock say to the pants? <laughs> Sup britches. <laughs> He's literally falling over laughing at his own joke that he memorized and is seemingly telling to his own like doorbell camera every single time. Yeah. This guy, <laughs> uh, this guy's trouble. Dr. Loomis for help. This guy's trouble. I don't know what he's up to, but I don't <laughs> like it at all. All right. I don't is like it, it at all either. Should I, should we keep so, going or should we call it? Uh, is that's enough scares? Uh, we can call it, but yeah. I mean, folks, you know, watch out for this guy. If you get anyone on your camera telling dad jokes, you know, you know, to call the police or stand your ground. I don't know what you do with this guy personally. Um, I don't, I don't know either. I mean, the thing is, I want to say he's harmless because I don't want to stand my ground. You I don't know. What know. I, mean? I don't know. <laughs> harmless this guy. Uh, yeah, the, well, yeah, I wouldn't say harmless, but I, I, again, I want to give him the benefit of the doubt because like, since I'm an American, my first impulse is when somebody like this is at my front door is to grab my gun and just start blasting. You know yeah, what I'm saying? That's that's the and that's tradition. That's the tradition. That's, that's a tradition right there. That's yeah. that's the fucking uh, tradition of the country. Yep. Country of America. And yeah, anyways, I don't know if that's a good idea. You know, you don't want to just shoot people at your door. That can potentially be problematic. So but again, you know, he gives off a weird vibe, so I don't know. Don't leave any candy out for this guy for this Halloween. I'll say that. Don't leave candy. Don't give leave, it to the squirrels don't, instead. Don't leave cameras. Cover up the cameras. Don't give him. Don't encourage him. That might be the best we can <laughs> do. Clip your own hedges. Make sure they're good and tidy this Halloween, so he doesn't come through with his hedge clippers and look for an excuse to kind of you know yeah stop by, invite himself over. May as well try dousing the the porch in holy water or I don't know garlic. <laughs> I don't know. Like, just try it all. Stuff that might deter any kind of monster or demon, you know. Get some sort of UV ray gun so that if he's a vampire at night when he shows up, you know, he he'll you can let's put this guy the on the endangered species list. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. Get the laser beam gun from Congo so we can start <laughs> eviscerating apes, ape fools left and right. <laughs> oh man. All right. Well, I wish him all the best, and you know, I hope he's. Uh, I hope the bodies in his basement are minimal, <laughs> and I hope that. Um, well, I don't know. I hope that. Uh, I hope that he doesn't outlive Keanu Reeves. Let's just say that. You know? Oh man, yeah, that's. <laughs> yeah, well, that's a good place to, to wrap up. So, uh, happy Halloween, everybody! Hope you enjoyed this big schmooze. 
Um, make sure you subscribe, share, to you. like, um, and look, let's be nice. Let's be nice to uh, Keanu. All right. The guy's gone through some tough yeah. stuff. I don't, I hope he lives longer than everybody. Everybody listening. Hope he lives longer than me. Me too. Cause I won't care if I'm dead, you know? <laughs> all right. <laughs> well, on that note, happy Halloween, everybody. Have a good night.